You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to another live program here on Voice of Islam radio station. Today you're joined by myself, Safir, and uh, Salman uh, here in the studio. Um, and um, Salman, assalamu alaikum, first of all, peace be upon you. How are you doing today? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi um, Doing very well, alhamdulillah. And uh, looking forward to do another two hours of two great topics that we have yes. for our listeners. Have you got any regrets? I mean, everyone does. <laughs> <isn't it>? <laughs> <laughs> All right. The uh, reason why I asked that question is that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about regret. Mm-hmm. That is the topic of our show. So um, it's an interesting uh, topic to discuss. Obviously, as as we will be going through uh, throughout throughout the program, we'll be looking at regret. We're looking at what makes people you know regret what is it how do you deal with that what's the ways to kind of you know tackle that from the religious point of view as well of course as you mentioned you know we all have regrets mm-hmm. uh, probably of things that we uh, m- you know might have gone through things missed opportunities maybe you know um even you know things that might have not gone our way but we have regret of how we could do things how we did things but it's all kind of um, the question is uh, how do you deal with having regret how how do you channel that into a positive energy perhaps because ultimately having regret and keep regretting something is surely not good for a person is it I mean you, you yeah. will be keep thinking yeah. about negative things and thinking that you know you did this mistake you did that mistake and you probably will be in more depression exactly I mean um, it also depends on what kind of regret we're talking about, mm. right? Um, sometimes you regret taking um, a different route to work because yeah. there is roadworks, right? Or traffic. No, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> that's also a kind of regret, yeah. which will obviously, I mean, go by with time. Um, then there is other decisions um, one makes in life, uh, which obviously have a much larger impact as such. So the regret is obviously that much bigger as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember w- once someone saying, I mean, it's 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 a very basic thing, but if you mm. think about it in, in, in deep, you, you think, yeah, it's just something great to sort of take along. He just said that, look, there is, it's, it's never too late to change, mm. right? So if you have made a decision which you think was wrong or which has impacted yourself, your society, your environment, your family um, in a negative way or the outcome wasn't, the one you, you the one that you were looking for or expecting. There's always a time for yourself to change, and that, that I, I guess this is also the core teaching of Islam that mm. we can always change, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a very fair and good point. Um, there are different regrets, as you mentioned. We can categorize them. You know, we can small, big. However, um, but um, discussing that uh, relationship between regret, remorse and guilt. And I think there is a difference as well 
between repenting and regretting. So Absolutely. regretting you just thinking, oh, I did something that was wrong. And you might repeat it and mm-hmm. you might not realize that you can actually change as you're saying. Mm-hmm. But then repenting is to realize what you've done and seek God's forgiveness and try to change in the future as well. So which is obviously more stages that will look at Islam, you Absolutely. know, puts great light on this actually mm-hmm. uh, I think more than any other religion Islam goes as far to to give detail of how to tackle your past how to move forward and how to uh, seek forgiveness and you do not need any third party to sort it out for you you exactly. can do that you know yeah. seek that repentance directly um, you know uh, through uh, through God Almighty yeah um, in the Holy Quran for example in a in in a verse chapter um, 103 uh, we read by the fleeting time surely man is in a state of loss except those who believe and do good works and exhort one another to accept the truth and exhort one another to be steadfast some on this verse obviously when we read it we have when we come across it uh, it surely reminds us of the state of man how we are at a loss in a sense that life is temporary mm-hmm. so whatever people you know are in a rat race or in the race to attain whatever goals people have in life which is all good mm-hmm. and and sh- people should have that there should be obviously you know progress however some people are or majority of people are i should say chasing a life that is material and everything will end at at one point mm-hmm. and that's exactly what allah the almighty is telling us in the holy quran that um everybody's at a loss they they will lose everything at the end uh, what they have physically attained except those who believe and do good works and then tell other people to you know accept the truth and also make other people realize the importance of faith absolutely and this is also something um i mean obviously uh, as as we also did discuss earlier one might have loads of different kinds of regrets but one regret we definitely don't want to have at the end of our lives is that we didn't go the path of god right and it has happened not just once or twice it i mean uh, hundreds of times mm. where people um when they realize that times come for them to leave this material world yeah they express the wish to uh, th- that that if if they had more time yeah they would have spent that uh, in the way of god or or they would have changed certain mm. habits they would have changed their life in certain ways that brings them closer to god the almighty mm. but as mentioned in the holy quran that when that time comes man will ask for more time mm. but that time won't be granted yeah. right so as as we don't know about our future mm. i mean we don't know if we are going to be living in the next hour or not mm. right um why don't we start at least changing this part of our lives instead of having that remorse or, or, or that regret in mm. the in the in the hereafter yeah. so again i mean this this is obviously a very very vast topic yeah, yeah. um that can be discussed in in, in now, great yes, detail now yes we're talking about obviously life as a whole but yeah. regret as you mentioned could be anything right it Absolutely. could be any small moments big moments yeah. whatever um but i think that's very very interesting i was actually thinking about the same verse of the holy quran where allah where man will be standing in front of god and saying that you know this is his time of judgment and he will be presented before god and he will say god give me more time so mm-hmm. i can actually go back and and now i know that you know judgment day is real you are you know here asking me for what i have done so give me more time so i can go back actually do some good things mm-hmm. but that 
you know that that will not be possible when you're passing away from this world and that's the end of it yeah. then you move on so there's nobody has a chance to come back surely nobody even no, nobody even has these are prophecies as muslims think no. as all there he's he not going to come back no. so um so yeah again i guess we have to make use of this time and uh, that is why again and again in the holy quran as well in the islamic teachings we are reminded that we should uh, focus on doing good in this world and uh, fulfilling the rights of god almighty meaning you know establishing a connection with god um and also fulfill the rights of the people meaning serve the people as well be useful uh and and not be selfish and destructive as we have seen many rulers in the past many you know uh, kings emperors uh, many many powerful people i mean you should just have to look at the history and see some of the history programs and see what happens like with the pyramids and pharaohs that you know even took everything into their grave literally thinking that yeah. they're going to wake up and use all of those uh, you know uh, cutlery and food and items that they had mm. uh, covered in gold and silver yeah. they they're not they're not going to be able to do that now similarly also i remember reading in the commentary of um, the holy quran by the second caliph the sir kabir in which he had a given example of uh, alexander the great mm-hmm. and that he as we know you know with history that he conquered you know a big chunk of the world yeah. he was he had massive power and apparently when he was about to pass away uh, before his death he told his people or the people around him to bury him but with his arms outside his coffin yeah <laughs> and he said they were asking why would you do that mm-hmm. he said to show you because i'm leaving this world with nothing with nothing at although all. i have conquered you know absolutely half of half of the world yeah i mean i mean again you see regret has so many sides mm. um just a message maybe for, for for our listeners here today if you have a a dispute with someone you love or someone that's close to you or someone within your social circles or you're having a fight and you haven't been speaking to each other my question is how would you feel if that person isn't there anymore tomorrow mm. right that will be regret that uh, where i mean they just 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 no coming back from yeah so we should use every opportunity we have to to be i mean loving to each other to express um love and and sympathy and empathy towards each other and try to make up what whatever differences we have mm. because ultimately this this too shall pass right yeah another um quickly an example that came to my mind which is probably the one of the most beautiful examples you will get of reg- regretted repentance within islam is uh, actually of the holy founder of the ahmadiyya community mirza ghulam ahmed of qadiyan al-islatu wassalam and he mentions that once he raised his voice against his own wife and uh, this is obviously something he he didn't usually do yeah but the immediate regret we then see is that he said that i kept repeating istighfar which is astaghfirullah rabbi which is basically seeking repentance from allah the almighty for a very very long time mm. right and it's not like he shouted or screamed at her but he raised her his voice slightly and this is how he felt regret and this is what islam teaches you basically at the essence of it that um make sure as you were also saying earlier that you give due rights to allah the almighty and his creation so that you don't have any regrets at the end yeah 
exactly um i think the the example of the prophets are obviously the most beautiful examples that you can even think about you know that example that you mentioned is 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 such a beautiful one because as you said the promise said didn't really do anything wrong he his voice was slightly raised and he yeah. he took he took that so seriously that he you know uh, sought sought forgiveness from allah the almighty and you know was really thinking about that which shows obviously his level of uh level of um, obedience to god and level of his uh, kindness um now when we talk about regret um since 1990s studies on regret have increased why maybe because as we explained it's common but not easy to deal with regret there are many different situations in which to experience regret um we have also a former speech writer to the us vice president al gore and a motivational writer david pink um in his book the power of regret um has uh, actually broken down the idea of regrets um and he's put that into main four categories number one is foundation that you have small regrets which have big impact um for example like not taking school seriously mm-hmm. um at I don't know if that's a small regret. That's actually a big regret because that has a big, <laughs> big impact. But however, he's put that in in foundation. Small regrets, okay. And then boldness. Boldness is second, uh, which is wishing that they had taken a chance. Mm. And thirdly is moral regret, taking the low road in life, committing uh, infidelity or bullying or doing things that are morally not right. I guess. Mm-hmm. And the fourth uh, category is connection. wishing that relationships hadn't fallen apart something that you were talking about mm-hmm. as well exactly i mean we, we know people regret uh, regret actions uh, not taken mm. more than things people did do i mean why because it is generally easier to rectify and correct a wrong action um i mean for example the uh, bad purchasing decisions known as buyer's remorse is very common these days um <laughs> I've I've actually had that uh, quite a, a bit in, re- in recent times because I I just sort of kept buying the wrong car and I'm, I'm at, my, at my third car within the past year it's, it's just not I'm just Sorry not, was that? I'm buying the wrong car. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah and I'm at, on my third car within this past year. Oh no. Because somehow um yeah. All in one year. All in one year. But I mean now I have alhamdulillah I'm going to stick to that. <laughs> But yeah, I mean <laughs> yes you have this it's very common the buyers remorse. Mm. A 2022 uh, sur- survey of uh, 2000 Americans showed that 74% experienced buyers remorse over online purchases. Mm. Um but such regret has options obviously because you can still return it. Um hide it away or give it away. <laughs> hide <laughs> it away. Don't be don't I don't be, know if you can hide two cars <laughs> away somewhere somewhere. No, no, that's really not possible. <laughs> Ask my wife about it, she knows. <laughs> But yeah, I mean it's obviously easier to handle, easier to forget and, and sort of move on from. But it is much harder to go back and fix not doing something, not speaking to someone for example, not not taking that job off or maybe not paying more attention in school as you were mentioning mm. earlier. Um a survey based on over 16,000 responses from 105 different countries revealed the most common regret globally was the connection regret. Uh not contacting someone because they thought it would be awkward. Yeah, that's that's I think that's the feeling a lot of people have in these Absolutely. kind of 
relationships that you know it's it's awkward or you know, how do we do that uh, how will the other person react all of these things maybe stops them from from doing that mm-hmm. um we're going to continue with that but obviously we're going to speak to our first guest we have uh, with us uh, Litsa Williams uh, who is a co-founder of what's your grief um organization um Litsa good afternoon peace be upon you and welcome to the drive time show how are you I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining. Um in your website on grief, um what's your grief? Uh, you explain the difference between regret and and guilt. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about it, but could you explain what the difference is and how do you kind of, you know, distinguish between what is a regret and what has become a guilt or something that's I guess uh, you know stays with you for a bit longer? Sure, sure. I think with, obviously, as a grief therapist, uh, a lot of people who we work with and support are struggling with both guilt and regret. And one of the challenges we see is that sometimes people conflate the two emotions. They sort of think, if I feel regret, I must be guilty for something. And one of the things that we try to help people to tease out is to realize that we feel regret any time that we look back on an action and we, we wish we had done something differently. But we can regret things where at the time we didn't necessarily have any way to predict the outcome. You know, we, anticip- we, we anticipated that after a certain decision, things would feel different or would look different or would be different. And with guilt, you know, oftentimes there is this added layer where with guilt we maybe knew that we were doing something that was potentially wrong or problematic at the time. We we did anticipate it a little bit. We feel like maybe it speaks more to our intention at the time. And so sometimes it can be helpful to just spend a little time for people between that difference between guilt and regret. You know, is this just something that now that I know the outcome, I wish that it had uh, I had done something differently or is it something where kind of even in advance I had some indication that maybe this this would happen? Mhm. Mhm. Um so now we associate grief and regret and guilt and all of these kinds of feelings with family deaths very commonly. Um but we don't have that sort of emotion um towards people that are still alive. Um in what sense would you say that these emotions can be felt for the people who may still be around us? Oh, I, I think it's incredibly common. So, you know, you talked about that connection, that regret over not reaching out to someone or those lost connections with people or so many other things. You know, grief is really just our normal, natural response to loss. And so oftentimes we think of loss as losses through death. But we lose connections with people who are living in so many circumstances. We lose touch with people or we have a conflict or a fight and then we don't reach out with an olive branch to try to mend that relationship. And so we can certainly feel these deep regrets uh, about these lost connections with people who are still living and, and feel like we wish we had handled a situation differently or that we had repaired a relationship after it had, uh, you know, after a strain within it. Hmm. So how important is it to kind of acknowledge uh, regrets um, in in helping people to deal with their grief? Uh, Because I I imagine you have to kind of go to the the root problem or what's kind of sticking with them to try to sort out uh, 
how they move on. Yeah, a- absolutely. And so that's that's one of the things that we really try to help people to consider um, w- what they regret, what is the guilt, you know, what are the things that they're feeling, and then even thinking about what that has done to shape them. Many times people are able to look at their regrets or their guilt and identify the ways that though they may have caused harm to another person or maybe it created a situation that they wish they could take back, that they ultimately sometimes have grown from that experience. Maybe they're now more caring and empathetic towards other people. You know, acknowledging those regrets so that we can acknowledge um, both the ways that we need to seek forgiveness, seek self-forgiveness, but also acknowledge our own growth is all incredibly important to the grieving process. And um, in, in, in what way can regret about things said or done to a person who has since died affect the self-esteem of the grieving person? Uh, I, I think this is a really good question because oftentimes we feel like we can't, uh, if we can't seek forgiveness for, from someone, which when they've died, of course, we, we can't get their direct forgiveness. We feel like we'll never be able to resolve these feelings of guilt and regret. And in some sense, oftentimes we will carry that guilt and regret with us. But it can be incredibly important to remember that just because we have done something wrong or made a, a misstep or a, a mistake, that that doesn't reflect on who we are as a, as a person necessarily. Many times in our relationship with someone who's died, there were a million wonderful moments of love and care and concern. And yet the thing that we focus on or remember is that one thing we really regret saying in anger, you know, before they died or that we didn't visit at the very end of their life or, you know, specific things that we regret. And so keeping that whole perspective in mind and being able to remember that our, we shouldn't let those regrets define who we are or the nature of the entire relationship. We need to see that whole thing. And that we also need to acknowledge that sometimes those regrets did help us to change and to grow. And we may feel incredibly bad about who we were at the time and why we made a certain decision at the time. But that part of rebuilding our self-esteem and our self-worth is knowing that we can grow from those things and knowing that in memory of our loved one, we can say, you know what, well, I deeply regret that I didn't call my mom more, you know, at the end of her life. And I can say that I now make more of an effort to call all of my family, you know, in memory of her, in honor of the person that I want to be because of that guilt and regret. And that can help us to rebuild some of our self-esteem. Okay. No, I think that's a very good point. I think a lot of people might have or be going through the same kind of scenarios, especially when some of their parents or maybe some of their loved ones uh, passed away and they, you know, had something left that they they wanted to, you know, revisit. Um, I'm, I'm told that in your new book, uh, What's Your Grief? You have suggested um, lists um, are a good way to, to manage your grief, as in putting it down on paper. Is, is that right? I mean, what do you mean by that? 
<laughs> I, I know. I think people hear this sometimes, and they think kind of what the lists have to do with grief. Um, yeah. But oftentimes, what we what we know is that grief feels so overwhelming and unmanageable, especially when you start to layer in the emotions of guilt and anger and blame and overwhelm and isolation, depression. I mean, there's so much that can come in with with grief. And one of the things that we really encourage people to do in our work, but in this book, is to really sort of understand that grief is a lifelong process. After we've lost a loved one, it evolves, it changes, but sometimes the best thing we can do is slowly start to take step-by-step action on kind of how to both understand it and how to understand what our life will be like after our loved one has died. So, you know, part of this idea of even thinking about guilt and regret, you know, is sometimes thinking about what are the things I'm feeling guilt and regret about? How do I really not just feel the overwhelm of those emotions, but list that out for myself and think about in a step-by-step way, how will I begin to process this? How will I begin to maybe make amends for the things I want to make amends for or seek Hmm. self-forgiveness? And then what does that process look like? And how do I slowly start to not get overwhelmed by all of those emotions, but systematically think about how can I over the days, weeks, months, years, and even decades to come, you know, integrate this loss into who I am, um, integrate my memories of my loved one, you know, what will I, what are the lists of the many things about them that they taught me their values, the things that I want to keep as part of me as I go forward. And sometimes when we're feeling so overwhelmed and disorganized, you know, uh, lists can be a, a nice approach to help it feel more manageable as we move forward. Mm. And again, just lastly there, because a lot of people have probably issues with getting over things or dealing with their regrets. Maybe they don't have anyone supportive to talk to. Maybe they they, they can't find a way to deal with their conscious. Um, and maybe if that builds up for many, many years, they, they might even have diff- bigger difficulty, you know, uh, revisiting issues and trying to sort them out. So do you think some kind of regular meditation or time to reflect and think about one's action could, could perhaps help in this situation? Absolutely. And I think we encourage people to to spend that time and space to tend to these emotions because as you described, you know, they don't just they don't just go away. We, we would love to believe that the idea that time heals all wounds was accurate, but if we don't tend to those wounds, if we don't spend time with it, we know that they will sometimes come up in other ways later or just continue to follow us. So spending time with the emotions, writing, meditating, but also thinking about it in a, a forward motion, because the one thing we want to be careful of is we don't want people to have that that meditative space or that time and that journaling to turn into rumination, right? We don't want people to just coulda, woulda, shoulda and go over what could have been at the time over and over. But instead, use that time to be able to say, I, I feel this guilt, I feel this regret, but how do I want to let it shape me as I move forward? What maybe are things that my family member, if they were still here, what would they have told me? How would they guide me in coping with these things that I'm feeling right now? Um, To be able to allow ourselves to take the space to tend to the emotions, but then also think about how we want it to shape us in positive 
movement forward. Mm, absolutely. Thank you very much, Alitza, for joining us uh, from uh, from the organization What's Your Grief. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. 0208 <coughs> excuse me, is the number to call. You can also tweet at Voice of Islam UK. Um, have you have you had any regrets? How do you deal with that? That's the question that we're asking you. That's what we are discussing here. And I think just following up on the last um, last uh, question I asked uh, our, our guest Litsa about meditation, the reason why we we talk about that is how, how useful that can be, Salman. I mean, even in 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 you know the Islamic teaching in in our daily life as Muslims, we have an opportunity to pray five times a day, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like a fixed thing for for a Muslim. Yeah. And the purpose of the prayer, of course, is to spiritually improve and, and be closer to God. But it's also self-reflection. It's also an opportunity for you to seek forgiveness for your sins. Um, and then also, if you have regrets, I, I guess you can also talk about your regrets maybe to someone. And who are you talking to? You're talking to God in, in your prayers. So you mm-hmm. are, you're laying out everything, all of your issues, you know, all of the, the things that you need assistance. Like, for example, you know, in, right in the beginning, in every prayer we say, you know, uh, that thee alone do we worship and thee alone do we seek help. So yeah. seeking help in everything, really, to, to battle, to deal with uh, your anxieties, to deal with your issues. You have that opportunity as a Muslim um, to pray five times a day and, and think about what you have done um uh, from one prayer to another and think about how you can improve how you can see God's help God's forgiveness and move forward uh, and be more, more positive about the next uh, you know few hours uh, till the next prayer and that not only stops from five times a day so throughout the da- throughout the day you are kind of reflecting mm-hmm. but also um, there's a saying of the Holy Prophet that every night when you go to sleep you should reflect over what you have done over the, over the course of the day and you should try to do better the next day Absolutely, and I think one beautiful uh, aspect of the Islamic teaching is the fact that we have we are being reassured that look, whatever you've done, God has the power and the will to forgive you, mm. right? So there's only one thing is that when you put someone besides God, when you put someone at at uh, that level. Um, at at that I mean prestigious level, which is only deserving of of Allah the Almighty, obviously. Other than that, there is the reassurance for every single one of us that look, whatever you may have done, there is forgiveness, mm. right? Um, in in the Hadith of the Prophet Muhammad, uh, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, it states that this 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 one story about this man who had killed a hundred people, mm. right? Um and then he was on his way because he, he was looking for someone to help him repent, mm. right? Yeah. So he, he went to that one person and he said, well, look, there there's just no way back for you. And mm. he, he killed him as well. And he was a full hundred when he was on his way to find someone else uh, who was supposedly going to be able to help him out of that situation. And on his way, he then passed away, right? And Allah the Almighty made sure that He still forgives him because He was on His way to repent. Mm-hmm. So the the message that we get from the Islamic teaching is that look, whatever you've done, it is never too late, right? Because some of us, so sometimes what happens is that someone, for instance, hasn't prayed in let's say five years, yeah, 
and there is the regret that there is the guilt but at the same time you're like well it's it's too late anyways because yeah. i've missed so much of my life of my spiritual life so there there is no sort of way back for me but this is where the reassurance allah taala gives us that look whatever you've done i'm the almighty and i have the power to forgive you and i will forgive you mm. all you have to do is ask for repentance yeah ask for forgiveness yes yeah. and then also i think <clears throat> another aspect of that is that uh, as you said as far as you know religion is concerned as far as islam particularly is concerned that god almighty loves to forgive mm-hmm. you know it's not mm-hmm. like he's saying that you know uh, forgive and i'll see if i can like as in ask, ask repentance and yeah. repent and i'll see if i will forgive he's yeah. actually saying that if you take a step towards me i'll run towards you exactly because his love for humanity is 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 immense yeah so islam encourages uh, people to be positive of mm-hmm. course it doesn't mean you do whatever you want yes of course within the laws within the bounds and moral grounds as well try to do the best you can and try not to harm other people mm. and if you have done anything wrong then try to fix it and and that's also one other thing that you can fix it by trying to sort it out with that concerned person if you have done wrong to somebody you can fix it through uh trying to make it up or at least apologize or at least trying to make the situation better as l- along with obviously if you've tried everything and you've also sought Allah's forgiveness then you have hope um that that God Almighty will uh will forgive you and that should create a positive uh thinking within you helping you to getting rid of your uh regrets um 0208687778 is the number to call you can also tweet at uh, voice of islam uk uh we're going to talk about more about remorse guilt um the point of regret but let's first uh, speak to our second guest we have with us mats uh kolbjorsen uh, who is um um hypnotherapist uh, at harley street clinical uh, specializing in anxiety issues and confidence building mats good afternoon peace be upon you welcome to the drive time show good afternoon good afternoon thank you and thank you for having me Thank you very much for joining. Your your name is very uh, Scandinavian. Can I ask you where you're from? It is indeed. It's uh, Norwegian. Oh, is it? I'm a Norwegian myself too. Are you? Nice. Oh, well, there you are. <laughs> I, I thought you pronounced. I thought you pronounced my name perfectly. So yeah, yeah. That's that's why I was like, it has to be either Danish, it has to be a Swedish, or a Norwegian name. So, yeah, good to good to speak to you. Hope you're doing well. Thank you very much. Okay, um have you found from your experience as a clinical hypnotherapist that people's regrets change as they get older? Um I mean like from a young age is the regret different from somebody who's you know regretting something in in, in a more older age? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting uh point for to to explore. I think it's natural that with with more life experience perhaps comes more reflections and evaluations of or what people might have done or perhaps not have done so i think that the more you go on uh, towards uh, or forwards in your life uh, you'll be more likely to have more reflections around all of that and i think it's very often about opportunities that people may not have grabbed or actions that they may not have taken uh, as opposed to regrets around what they actually have done um, so it's it's always uh, if we were to be able to to talk to our younger selves we'll always <laughs> go for things if you feel it's a, it's a it's a good decision to make and a wise move uh, without um losing confidence in yourself so um so, so yeah I, i think yes with 
options on that changes absolutely mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, certainly um Matt's how how important would you say is is uh, self forgiveness in helping people come to terms with their regrets? Well, the simple answer, my friend, is very important. Uh, I, I think we we are all very quick to to criticise our, ourselves way way too much, and I think we we need to take a step back and and be kind to ourselves and care about ourselves. Because, uh, if we can care more about ourselves, we can then. Uh, help others and care for others uh, more uh, effectively as well. So, caring for yourself and, and forgiving yourself, uh, be kind to yourself is, is absolutely key to to anything in, in life in terms of uh, mental health and being able to, to move forward. Mm. But wouldn't uh, I mean? Some people say you have to be self-critical to improve. You have to analyze yourself all the time to to be better. I mean, whether it's in your career, whether it's your in any aspect of your life, you have to be critical of yourself. Is that true, or or is there a difference between being critical I, or positive? I I see where you're coming from, but perhaps I wouldn't use the word critical <laughs> as okay. being key, uh, but more that be be self-aware. Mm. Uh, I think it's it's very important, and of course, if you can be aware of of what you're thinking and feeling and doing. Uh, then you can also make changes along the way uh, without being overly critical towards yourself. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I I understand that because obviously, if somebody is being too critical of themselves or they are constantly, yeah. you know, channeling that negativity to to their own self, then that will surely just put them more and more down. Exactly, exactly, and that then prevents you from from making the, the changes that you actually want and, and the, the positive. Um, actions going forward around so yeah self-awareness i would say <laughs> extremely important uh, to, and be kinder to yourself mm-hmm. um how, how can regret at actions not taken um affect a person's confidence in themselves well this is it if uh, if there are things that you haven't done uh in a in a, in a way <laughs> there's not so much you can do about that because it's in the past um, so the key for, for me and what I would always encourage people to do is to, to focus on what you could do in the now and, and going forward. Um, so if you if you carry on thinking about everything that's happened in the past and the regrets you may have uh, around things you haven't done, um, it's going to prevent you again from, from being able to go forward in a positive way. Um, it, it can be quite debilitating if we continuously ruminate and, and think about uh, what, what's happened in the past. So yeah, focus focus on the now and focus on going forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, Mats, you're you're a hypnotherapist. Um, tell us how how does that work in terms of uh, helping people um, use their regrets for for better actions in the future? How how, how does that work in the clinic? Hypnotherapy is a, is a wonderful tool. Uh, well, it's, in effect, it's, it's psychotherapy with, with hypnosis in conjunction. So hypnosis is, is one of the tools that we use um, to be able to, to work through uh, things that have, have gone on in the past, uh, to, to process things of the past so that you can then move forward. Um, we're working on more subconscious levels, if you will, underlying processes that go on in, in the background and we can then help utilize uh, help people utilize all, all their strengths 
and, and capitalize on that, uh, capitalize on all the positives and resources that we, we all have within us um, so that we can have a, have a better impact on our, on our lives. Mm, absolutely. All right. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Mats, for joining us. Uh, was 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 great um, connecting to you. Thank you so much for, for having me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, pleasure. Tack så du ha, det bra. <laughs> All right. Take care. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. 0208687778 is the number to call. I don't know if there was any Norwegians listening in um, that could understand that. But yes, that was all. We're just thanking uh, Mats for joining. Um, very interesting um, hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. uh, Salman, where, where mm-hmm. through talking, through, through that therapy, uh, people are are able to seek that help uh, i guess a, a little bit like having um some kind of you know um therapy sessions mm-hmm. how people go for, for 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 their own anxieties and yeah. and things like that to go to see a therapist and this is also one kind of um of uh, of help to to overcome regrets and things that have happened in the past absolutely um Talking about therapy, I mean, when we talk about different kind of fears and um, anxieties and all of these regrets again, mm. um, obviously, not not taking away anything from all the sort of um, therapies we have in yeah. this world, yeah. but there's this one very beautiful verse. Anyway, all of us know about it. Allah bi-dikrillahi tatmain al-qulub that it is uh, through the remembrance of Allah that hearts find peace. And I mean, there are so many people out there that have actually experienced this. That's whenever they were going through a a, a, a tough phase, whenever they had um, something on their mind, you know. I mean, and and we've really all been through this. That there comes a time in life that something's happened to you, something was done, and some some action of yours that is bothering you, but you're not able to share that 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 feeling with anyone, yeah. right? At that moment, if you approach Allah the Almighty, right, and uh, w- when you start praying to Him and 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 you you start taking His name, your heart does and will find peace, yeah. right? Yeah, that is a completely different kind of therapy, but it is a, a full therapy in its own, right? Exactly. Um, I mean, when I always talk about this. Uh, discuss this topic here on Voice of Islam we have done lots of topics on, on different themes of uh, anxieties of mental health issues of of course our advice is always to seek professional help Absolutely. obviously if you're listening and you think you have an issue always seek professional help yeah. uh, but what we will say is that as as a Muslim personally we're, we're giving our own personal examples mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. are Muslims and you know we have a, a routine that we pray five times a day it does help us yeah. it does give us a time to reflect, a time to have a, you could say, a therapy with yeah. God Almighty, that we exactly. are actually seeking His help and trying to get calmness. And we do find that calmness after we have prayed. Um, remember the Promised Messiah, peace be upon him, um, said that whenever you f- are faced with any difficulties, the first thing you should do is to close your door and and, and be occupied in prayer yeah. and pray to Allah the Almighty to solve it. Exactly. And it's you know happened with with the promise messiah so many times and also with with all people who um you know who who pray uh, properly and and do put effort in it 
you know sometimes our standard of prayer falls down but exactly. when we do pray properly you see the result very quickly yeah so so that is uh, a, a, you know a a solution that god almighty has has created and we find the 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 concept of prayer not just in islam but we find it throughout the religions from the beginning so i mean i find it really fascinating that how is it that you know we are talking about yes yeah, solutions uh, you know these very good solutions about therapies and all these in today's world but mm-hmm. we are looking at thousands of years yeah. when prophets came and they told their people you know you should pray you mm. should you should you should use this method to remember god and and um, you know self reflect self analyze buddhism for example very similar to to that idea of uh, internal you know reflection and all yeah. this and similar with other religions as well so um we're going to um listen to a um um a a audio clip uh, um as well uh, explaining another aspect of uh, of um of regret or of forgiveness i should say um but before that um i think we just quickly if we can also look at uh, one writing of uh, the promised messiah the founder of the ahmadiyya muslim community he um says the founder of the ahmadiyya muslim community has been zaghulam ahmed um he explained the purpose of remorse like this that when a thief commits theft or a murder murderer commits murder god puts in his heart at the same time that he has done something wrong he's done ill and not good but he pays no attention to it for the light of his heart and his reason are weak and are overcome by his animal faculties and his ego is insistent the turmoil of the ego of such people cannot be reduced for that which god has imposed cannot be removed by anyone else yet god has provided a remedy what is that remedy it is repentance seeking forgiveness and remorse feeling bad about hurting someone is an important first step in improving yourself the current worldwide head of the amdiya muslim community has said something very similar um after a fire for example destroyed a part of the uh, mosque here that of course some regret is normal but alongside it a, mo- a person should seek to recover and make a firm resolution to attain even greater heights in the future thus in the face of this trial we should pledge and prove from our actions that we will successfully pass through this period with patience and by prostrating before allah the almighty and now you know just just from across from us where we are sitting salman yeah. is you know a new beautiful face of the mosque being built exactly uh right before our eyes almost complete very soon and it's just even more beautiful than what it was in the first time so so that shows us that uh, regret is um, is fine to an extent where we where we acknowledge that and when we uh, repent and we try to improve uh, mm-hmm. going forward and as you said in the beginning of the show as well that you always have a chance to to change things exactly as long as you have the opportunity yep um we're going to go to that audio that i mentioned um this audio is about uh, atonement and um uh, the fourth uh, head of the ahmadiyya muslim community has explained uh, when discussing the concept of atonement so have a listen to that a question from uh, mr frimpong who is uh, from ghana who was previously a uh, christian and he's asked a question on uh, the when did he become an ahmadi muslim mashallah he says about 9 years ago 
अच्छा लॉन्ग लॉन्ग बट ही हैज अनफॉर्चुनेटली नॉट बीन कीपिंग इन टच विद द कम्युनिटी रेगुलरली अच्छा एंड देयर इज वन क्वेश्चन व्हिच कीप्स पजलिंग हिम एंड दैट इज अबाउट द अटोनमेंट ऑफ जीसस वेयर इज ही ही इज इन ही इज इन अकोनकेरी इन अशांति इन गाना in ghana yes right from yes. there he has sent, he has sent us okay. this question okay, and his question is about the atonement of jesus okay. and he's quoted various verses and these verses relate to the expiation of uh, blood and he says you know how can we reconcile the sacrifice which was being made by those prophets and this sacrifice which was then made by jesus himself mm-hmm. you know why why can we not accept uh, the sacrifice made by Jesus being the atonement of blood. There is not a question, there is no question of our accepting anything. It is a question of God's accepting anything. He can accept any sacrifice, He can reject. He is the Supreme. Before Jesus was born, He was totally unknown to the world. Even after His birth, He remained unknown to all the other continents. Completely unknown. only when christians reached there they started introducing him the point is what sort of son of god was he about whom god had not even told moses let them produce a single verse from torah where moses says that after me i worship jesus you also worship jesus or he will be born and god is not one he is three what a strange religion i am i really am astounded to see people believe in this how a man with in command of his full senses believe that the the importance of jesus is so supreme that without believing in jesus nobody can nobody's sins can be atoned nobody can be can be pardoned since when since after his birth if it since after the, his birth then what happened to the poor people who died being unforgiven before him and what are those who died after his birth where the message of jesus did not reach at all for centuries this was the supreme moment of the birth of the son of god where the whole world is kept ignorant and all the ages before them why was it kept a secret if it was so important now the question is was anyone forgiven before jesus or not if anyone was forgiven then why why was jesus necessary then for forgiveness all hocus pocus no question of any common sense involved in this only saint paul has you know mythified jesus christianity and uh, mystified it that's all what he has done because people are born with such beliefs and they never open their eyes to realize the wisdom of the beliefs faith is kept in a separate department common sense in a separate department they never permitted to meet and uh, so the problems remain as if resolved no problem faith is something else wisdom uh, common sense is something else no problem but when they come together then the problem begins so the poor africans i pity them for being christians i do pity them because they don't realize that christianity went there not to liberate them but to enslave them this was the policy of the colonial powers all over the world to turn the people they ruled to christianity so that there was a added bond of 
slavery, all other bonds can be broken, but not the spiritual bond. So when you ex once you accept the faith of the rulers, then you are bonded to them inseparably. So this is what they did to to, to Africa. And poor Africans, you know, I look at them, I, I wonder where has they, have their senses gone? Why don't they see this thing? There is a trinity of belief and a trinity of colonialism, a corresponding trinity. They first went and robbed them of their political freedom, totally and completely, right or wrong? Huh? Mr. If Mr. So-and-so is hearing and watching us, he should answer, right or wrong? Then came the economists and robbed them of all their wealth until Gold Coast turned into Dust Coast, right or wrong? Then came the pity. Oh, we have robbed them of their freedom. Let's deliver their souls. Does it go together? If a people cannot take pity on your physical bondages, if they cannot take pity on your political bondages, economic bondages, how can they have pity only, only on your soul? A soul encaptured and imprisoned in a completely shackled body, chained body. What sort of freedom that soul would be? Slaves have no, no freedom. And yet they accepted it just only to deceive themselves that now we have become big people. Our faith is the master's faith. Only put a hat on and have a Christian name and you become the ruler. This is what they did. They have made such a fool of them, absolutely, shockingly. And they don't see it. Then they drank like them, then they danced like them, they did everything. As far as their morality was concerned, not even a, the smallest, uh, not even one single hair of Christian fathers was concerned about. There was no sense of desperation in them. There was no sense of uh, remorse for what they are doing, how they are living. What Christianity is in practice in Rwanda and elsewhere, in Zaire, in Angola, what Christianity is in practice in Sierra Leone? Is that the Christianity of Jesus Christ? So this is what's called deceit and fraud. If they had brought the Christianity of Jesus Christ, I had no right. I believe in Jesus Christ. I respect him. I believe more than the Christians themselves because I believe in his, rea in his reality. I bow my head to his, his greatness as a human prophet of God. They have abandoned that Jesus. They have been untrue to that Jesus. The most beautiful, captivating personality of sacrifice personified in him. That is Jesus. They say, believe in him and you will be delivered of sin. What sin? The sin you watch, you observe in everyday life of all the Christian countries. The abuses of children, the child abuse, the mugging, the murder, cruelties, dancing in the street free, freely, abduction and so on and so forth. All these things are happening everywhere in the world, I must say. So it is a shame to them who do not follow their religion, even in Pakistan, India, elsewhere. But that does not absolve Christianity. That's what I'm pointing out. If they had any real concern for the African people, if they were really interested in their souls, when after that, when they saw them, that the Christianity had not brought about any change in their moral behavior. What freedom? What emancipation? From what? If you are emancipated from sin, then one can see it. One, can, one should observe it. You can't be inside, emancipated inside and outward you are a criminal. So the crimes and Christianity do not go together. It's more than deceit. One of the 
aspect of deceit I have explained. The other is that they didn't give them even Christianity. What a total fraud. Show me one African country where Christianity is in practice. Where you slap an African chief on one cheek and he offers the other. Come on, slap. If you rob him, rob, rob him of something, he offers the other. Perhaps they do it only to the colonizers. Not to the, their own people, not to the rest of the world. To their own people, they, they murder them mercilessly. What's happening in Rwanda, these African, the Christian country, you must realize. So the whole world is a world of fraud and deceit and duplicity and so on and so forth. And they're talking of, and look at, at that gentleman who once had been an Ahmadi and he shut his eyes to all common sense and started sliding back. To what reality? This is the reality of atonement which I'm talking about. How could he believe he would be, his sins would be atoned? For what? How has he followed Jesus Christ? The sins can only be atoned with the, for, when you follow the example of godly people. There is the only formula which God ever knew and God ever acted upon, which God ever implemented in the human affairs. All prophets came with this formula. Be, 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 be godly in your character. And then God has power to forgive everything. Until Jesus was born, this was the law. When Jesus was born, the law was, your sins will never be atoned, whatever good you do. But whatever crime you commit, your sins will be forgiven if you believe in Jesus. Is this atonement which is <laughs> banking on for his forgiveness? Right? Thank you. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to another hour, the second hour of today's show. You're joined by myself, Safir, and Salman as we continue our live program here uh, at Voice of Islam Radio Station from London. Today is uh, also the Poetry Day in the UK, Salman, so we thought we would take this opportunity to reflect and um, uh, listen back to some of the poetry of the Promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Um, so if you are new to the station and you haven't heard us speak about the Promised Messiah, let us give you a quick, quick introduction um, of who the Promised Messiah was. So the promised Messiah, alayhi salatu wassalam, is the Ghulam Ahmed of Qadian, um, which is in India. Uh, he was born in, nine, in 1835. And um, towards the end of the 18th century, um, he made the claim to be the Messiah and uh, the promised Mahdi that was uh, was, was going to come. Um, at uh, a, 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 the later stages mm. um, of history, and this is something that was prophesized through many um, prophets and um, the, the Bible, the Holy Quran, as well as the Prophet Muhammad, uh, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So, he was the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Um, so, and this radio station today, the Voice of Islam, is obviously the radio station that represents the Ahmadiyya community um, on, 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 on this platform. Mm. So, 
his basic mission that he brought to this world was basically that creation understands how to pay their due rights towards Allah the Almighty mm. as well as the creation of Allah. Yeah. So that was his I mean if if you want to put it in a summary and the, uh, this is something he said himself that um, I'm here to reconnect man with God as well as man with man basically mm. so that we learn um, to to pay the due rights so that we learn to respect each other and uh, that because this is something that happens over time that uh, human beings do move away from from God and uh, at every century actually God has sent someone yeah um, that was gonna come and revive um, the uh, the the religious and uh, spiritual environment but then obviously the with the coming of the Prophet that has taken uh, to another hmm. level and he wrote many books as well right he, yeah. he, he wrote many books and uh, he uh, explained the spiritual side of uh, life uh, you know the Islamic teaching religion philosophy um, you know so many things that he has covered in those books uh, that is connected to the you know spiritual progress of man um, so so where does poetry comes in I mean you see poetry is something that speaks to certain souls right I mean w- even within us there are people that are in complete awe of poetry others just don't like it at all mm. right um, in a hadith, it's the, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu also says that uh, some uh, couplets are like complete magic mm. because they are they they impact your your soul and, and and your thoughts and your feelings, right? So poetry is just another way. Uh, in 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 one of his own couplets, actually, the Prophet sallallahu states that I don't have a a sort of connection to poetry, but I am writing this mm. so that people people may take take heed from from this platform as well. Mm. So because it is the job of the people sent by God to use every possible means to to get that message across, right? So poetry is just one of those things. Mm. Even in the time of the Prophet they they used to be poets and um, they they would write poetry about certain topics Mm. uh, in in, in times of peace as well as in times of battle, Mm. right? Uh, similarly, the Promised Messiah of Islam has has used this means to to get that message across. Yeah. I remember the uh, second caliph of the community, Mirza mm. Bashiruddin Mahmud Ahmad, at at one um, uh, at, at one occasion said that if you want to understand the summary of all of the teachings of the Promised Messiah of Islam, because yeah. he has written over eighty books, yeah. so if you want to get a summary of that, you should read his poetry mm. because you you will get a gist of all of that in his poetry. Yeah. So. Again, a, a prophet doesn't write poetry because of some worldly pleasure. Yeah. Right? This was purely uh, because he wanted to get that message of God across to yeah. human beings. Yeah, and and that, that's why we find, I mean, if you're studying the uh, books of the promises, uh, you would see every now and then or somewhere in the book, um, maybe in some books there isn't, but like in many books you will come across verses or parts where there is a little bit of poetry yeah. explaining something yeah. which is uh which which is amazing and and all of those you know uh verses uh of poetry has also been collected in a in a separate uh small book um called Dur-e-Samin or pearls of uh, 
I don't know who you should trust. In, invaluable pairs. Yes, yes, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, so that is, um, it's basically in Urdu uh, language where uh, the poetry of the Promised Messiah has been collected. And today we are going to play some of that poetry for you. Um, and obviously we'll be translating as well through it so you understand what you are listening to. And... Um, and, and and obviously that poetry in the in the words of the promised Messiah is the best way to understand it. But of course the translation goes some way to to kind of explain what uh, what the promised Messiah was saying. Um, the the writings of the promised Messiah cover practically, as I said, every aspect of the religion of Islam. With the main theme being the development of a personal relationship with God, a relationship that is based on due respect for. Allah's uh, might, power, and a proper understanding of his attributes and how we can benefit from that. Uh, the promised Messiah uh, called all people towards God Almighty, towards the Supreme Being. Um, and the greatest power, he said, lays in the hand of Allah the Almighty. He is the solution to all of our issues. Um, uh, but he, um, he, he tried to explain that, as we said, in different ways and poetry was one way to explain that we'll now play a short poem of the promised messiah that is called the help of god which highlights the need to put faith in god almighty uh, especially at times of uh, adversity so uh, let's have a listen to this poem of the promised messiah the founder of the ahmadiyya muslim community Khuda ke paak logon ko Khuda se nusrat aati hai To pious men of God, help comes from God. When it comes, it opens up a new vista upon the world. It turns into gust and blows away each wayside straw. It becomes fire and scorches every adversary. Kabhi wo 
At times, becoming dust, it falls on the heads of foes. At times, turning to water, it breaks a tempest upon them. God's plans, in short, are hindered not by men. Can people hold any sway before their Maker? To pious men of God, help comes from God. So this poem was written 140 years ago and still gives the listeners so much solace and comfort and just just listening to that poem and and translating it obviously was was amazing just just bringing back the words of the promised messiah and uh, you know us being able to to listen to that uh, it just gives you so much comfort that um the whole exp- explaining how god almighty will never leave you if you truly yeah. you know belong to him absolutely and i mean this is something that is um, very distinctive of the words of God and his prophets, they will always be relevant, right? Hmm. To pious men of God, help comes from God. And when it comes, it opens up a new vista upon the world, Mm. right? I mean, when you stand by God, he will stand by you. And then, I mean, come what may, Hmm. right? And I mean, haven't we we seen that with, with, with the prophets? Yeah. I mean... It cannot be a coincidence that over thousands of years of history, how prophets have come and the, the greatest powers have actually been against them. Like, yeah. pro- let's look at Prophet Moses. We talked about the Egyptians. We talked about yeah. 
Pharaoh uh, at that time really battling against such powers mm-hmm. but God mm-hmm. was on their side Prophet Muhammad peace and blessings of Allah be upon him the whole Arab was against him but yeah. he still succeeded against all odds and it happens over and over again but it tend to happen with prophets I mean, because uh, th- it's a promise th- of God this is obviously I mean this is God's plan right mm-hmm. and this is something um, that has been explained by the second caliph as it was Bashiruddin in the grand exegesis as well that look Allah Ta'ala will make sure that whoever he appoints to be his messenger within this world, that person has disadvantages from every point of view, financially, socially, from, from every point of view of life. Mm. This person will be disadvantaged and then Allah Ta'ala will hold him by his hand and then take him to glory, right? Yeah. God's plans, in short, are hindered not by men. Can people hold any sway before their maker? No. This is this is the, the <laughs> obviously the, the summary of this, right? Yeah. That look, you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. If it is against God's plan, God will show you. Mm. And okay. this is what happens ultimately. ultimately. Absolutely. Again, Allah the Almighty says that uh, my and my prophets, uh, you know, uh, plan will always uh the the plan is that they will always succeed yeah. they will always be victorious exactly so now obviously um as we told our listeners that we will be listening of uh, to a few of 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 these uh poems so let's move on to the get ready for the next one the next one yep. um which is the riddance from difficulties um let's have a listen <laughs> پیش ہوگا تو فنا کے سامنے ایک نہ ایک دن پیش ون ڈے فو شو یو فیس موٹیلٹی سامنے چل نہیں سکتی کسی کی No one holds sway against what's decreed. چھوڑنی ہوگی تجھے دنیا فانی ایک دن ون ڈے یو ہیو ٹو لیو دس موٹل ورلڈ دنیا فانی ایک دن ہر کوئی مجبور ہے Everyone is compelled in face of God's command. It is a must that you always remain stoic, O man. Now, 
फिक्रो बला के सामने in the face of grief and sorrow dejection and torment fikro bala ke samne bar gahe ez dise tu na yo mayus ho bar pray be not disappointed from the courts of god what are hardships for the remover of hardships mushkil kusha ke samne haajate पूरी करेंगे क्या तेरी आजज बशर What needs of thine would helpless men fulfill क्या तेरी आजज बशर कर बयां सब हाजते हाजत रवा के सामने Thou state all thy needs to the fulfiller of needs. Hajat rawa ke samne chahiye tujko mitana kalb se naqshe dui chahiye You should erase from heart the sign of duality. bow your head only before the master of heavens and earth chahiye नफरत बदी से और नेकी से प्यार देयर शुड बी लोथिंग फॉर इवो एंड लव फॉर वर्च्यू और नेकी से प्यार एक दिन जाना है तुझको भी khuda ke samne one day you will also have to appear in front of god tujhko bhi khuda ke samne raasti ke samne kab jhoot phalta hai bhala when does faults should ever flourish against the truth kab jhoot phalta hai bhala qadr kya patthar ki lale be baha ke samne what worth has a stone compared to a precious gem baha ke samne 
एक नायक दिन पेश होगा one day for sure you'll face mortality no one holds sway against what's decreed That is uh, another poem that we presented uh, before you by the Promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and uh, uh, the running translation obviously given by Salman. Uh, This is actually, Salman, one of my favorite uh, poems. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. I remember when I was, uh, uh, well, in in my uh, younger age, obviously, when I was a tifal, when I was growing up, um, you know, this was, uh, you know, one of the poems that I've learned and, and I think I I also took took part in you know some you know the competitions that we used to do yeah um, and and it's such a such a beautiful poem that just reminds you that you know this this world is temporary and you will one day pass away but it it doesn't scare you it doesn't cause you to panic it doesn't care you uh, cause you to be uh, to be afraid but it mm. it it just r- reminds you to be ready. Absolutely. I mean, uh, similar topic to what we discussed in the first hour as well. Mm. Uh, look, I mean, th- th- this this t- time is is going to come. It is um, inevitable, right? But for those that have um, followed the path of the Lord, um, that have done good deeds, right? Mm. Um, that are looking forward to actually meeting their master. To do, I mean. Um. I, in an ideal world, in yeah. an ideal situation, there there should be a, a a bond of love and affection between God and man, right? Yeah. So for for someone like that, for for people like the prophets of God and 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 and, and the pious people, this um, union with God is something they are longing for, right? Mm. So this is what the Prophet Muhammad Islam is actually explaining in in this poem that look, this day is going to come, mm. right? You can try whatever human efforts you, you you want to make, but one day for sure you will face mortality, as he states. No one holds sway against what's decreed, mm. right? So this is going to happen. Just make sure that you follow the teachings of the Holy Quran and of our beloved Master, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu and you make sure that you are prepared for that day. Yeah, exactly. And it's 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 a poem that really goes and reaches to your heart and and tries to cleanse you to 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 be able to to be ready for that moment when you have to depart so that again at that time i don't know if we can link it to the previous topic but at that time you don't have any regret mm-hmm. that that exactly. you did things as best as you could and yeah. and following and of course we were not going to be perfect nobody is perfect except the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him but we can at least try to do our best to be um, you know, uh, as as uh, as good as we can, as good as Allah the Almighty has given us the cap- capabilities and capacity to be. Uh, the Promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, had an ardent desire to spread the message of true Islam to the corners of the world, and he wanted to call people to faith, truth, and justice. And today we see how much unrest there is in the world, uh, with people 
pointing fingers at one another, quick to lay blame, but not trying to find any solutions. We have conflicts, we have wars, we have so many frictions uh, between uh, people, nations, and powers uh, across the world, which is uh, concerning. On uh, In 2019, September, the world head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, His Holiness Hazamiza Masur Ahmed, uh, may Allah be his helper, addressed an audience for more than 125 dignitaries and guests on the second day of the 39th annual convention, which is the Jalsa Salana of the Ahmadiyya Muslim communities happens. Um, and this one was in Holland, in which he spoke about the role of religion. His Holiness said, in today's world, critics are quick to blame religion and particularly Islam for the problems of the world. Yet many people who are suffering from inner torment and unrest are those who live a purely secular existence. And so their problems cannot be blamed on Islam or any other religion. As a religious leader, I firmly believe that instead of being the cause of today's problems, religion is the answer. And Salman, that's another thing that people people always uh, say that religion is the problem or they blame religion. Or mm. even if you are religious, you looked upon as primitive or you looked upon somebody who does not believe in in new science or does Out, not yeah outdated, outdated yeah, yes. yeah, yeah whereas the 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 you know the his holiness actually said that islam is not a problem islam is actually the solution to today's Absolutely. issues and that's i think also um what we'll be listening to in our next poem right yep so this is something that the promised messiah has beautifully written about in this poem that we'll share with you it's called Islam Sinabago. Don't run away from Islam. Islam Sinabago Rahe Don't run away from Islam. This is the path of guidance. Awake ye who are slumbering, this is the noonday sun. I swear by God who created me that now
मुझको कसम खुदा की जिसने This is the only faith acceptable to God under the skies. Do not run away from Islam. This is the path of guidance. We saw were dry this is the one all the gardens we saw were dry this is the one with fruit Bustara yehi Awake ye who are slumbering This is the noonday sun How can I explain the beauties of Islam?
सब खुशक देखे फूला फला All we saw were dry this is the one with fruit Don't run away from Islam this is the path of guidance Oh my lord show me the grandeur of this religion once again false faith my prayers is that Don't run away from Islam this is indeed the path of guidance Jago Shamsu Zuha Yehi
All right, that was the uh, another example of uh, beautiful poetry by the Promised Messiah, founder of the Amni Muslim community, and we should also say beautifully sung by the person singing yes, it, of course, absolutely. Uh, reciting it. Um, God Almighty is the source of peace and for world peace, uh, as we m- explained before the the poem, uh, playing the poem, is that there's so much conflict and uh, people have forgotten how to, you know, uh, treat each other with respect, kindness, and the relations on international scale as well as well as smaller scales are very torn. And uh, as you mentioned, Salman earlier, that the Promised Messiah came to 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 strengthen the bond between people and God, and mm-hmm. also between people and people. Exactly. So that's exactly what the whole poem is talking about. Absolutely, and uh, so the Prophet in in essence tries to explain to us that look, Islam is this one platform that can unite all of us, right? Mm. If we look at the teachings of the Holy Quran, we understand that Islam is the only religion that really respects and values all of the prophets that have ever come to this world, yeah. right? So th- there will be religions that will be against the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. There will be religions that will be against the Prophet Jesus. Others will be against the Prophet Moses, right? And uh, there are so many other prophets that have been spoken against. But then there is Islam, mm. right? Uh, where Allah Taala in the Holy Quran even states at one point that today I have completed religion for you and I have chosen Islam as as that last and final one and most complete religion for yeah. you, right? Yeah. So this is the only platform where human beings can all come together yeah and uh, we have that love and affection for for all the people that they love mm-hmm. right so this platform has been given by Allah the almighty for human beings to unite and uh, for for that another aspect that has been explained is is the aspect of prayer and worship mm. right yeah as it also states in the holy quran that I, and i have not created the jinn and the men but that they may worship me yeah. right so this is something where allah taala says well if you really want to understand the essence of islam prayer is the way because it will be allah the almighty that will guide your hearts towards not just peace for yourself but also um give you that spiritual height that you yeah. need essentially and obviously every muslim's aim is then to enter paradise one yeah. day and that will only happen through worship absolutely exactly um the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community said that the urgent and critical need of the world today is to establish peace and faith in god the next poem that we're going to listen to is uh, entitled kabhi nusrat nahi milti dare maula se gandon ko the evil ones never obtain help from god's door so let's have a listen to that नुसरत नहीं मिलती दरे माला से गंदों को दी इवल वंस नेवर अबटेन हेल्प फ्रॉम गॉड्स डोर दरे माला से गंदों को कभी जाए नहीं करता वो अपने नेक He never lets his pious ones go to waste वही 
के मुकारब है जो अपना आप खोते हैं Only they are close to him who lose their own selves. The selfish ones have no access to his high court. This is the only way, my dear, that you ask him for nearness. Just seek his hand and burn all other means. The evil ones never obtain help from God's door. He never lets his pious ones go to waste. Thank you very much. That was amazing, uh, amazing poem as well. Uh, another poem of the Promised Messiah about uh, being humble, about uh, you know, seeking help from God Almighty, not uh, losing hope, and uh, to obviously ask for His nearness and uh, stay away from all other things, people, or any material thing that can come in way. between you and god so only relying on allah the almighty and this is all also um another poem that we've been singing since our very childhood yeah yeah uh, really one of the shortest poems of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and also something that really every um md muslim child knew from a very very yeah. young age and we used to sing this in all of our yeah. uh, competitions and meetings and jalsas etc et and, and maybe we didn't understand it properly at that time definitely yeah. but now it's it really like you know has an impact on exactly i mean th- this is the exact point i was about to make as well <coughs> that at that time it was just for the sake of singing it right but again a, a beautiful aspect of the upbringing of children in today's day and age that something that we rec- uh, i mean remembered or memorized at a very a very young age but only now are we actually able to mm. understand what at the, the very very deep meanings of 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 the, of this poem yeah and again something that can be um 
with you all your life at every moment at at, at every turn in life if you look back at at this poetry and, and not just this piece but really all the other poet uh, poems of the Prophet they all can help you in some way or the other again very very uh, if if you look at the poems of the Prophet another thing that is very inspiring is the fact that he hasn't really used uh, the most difficult language, yeah. right? It's very easy. Exactly. If simple words. If we talk about um, the great poets yeah. um, from the um, Asian um, subcontinent, from 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 South Asia, uh, the great names is Ghalib, there's Iqbal, there's Mir, etc., etc. Right. Mm. If you try to understand their poetry today, you will have to open a dictionary separately. Yeah. Just to understand what they're trying to say, yeah. whereas this is something which was addressed to the common man, mm. which was made very easy to understand, and it is getting the complete message across at the same time. Absolutely. So a complete masterpiece by, by the grace of Allah, the Prophet has given us. Absolutely. And the mission of the Prophet was uh, not to bring about a new faith, but to revive the true teachings of Islam. And his heart uh, pained to bring people back to the true faith. Um, and our next point, we're going to. Uh, play for you is called Kyu Nahi Logo Tome Hakka Khayal Kyu Nahi Logo Tome Hakka Khayal Kyu Nahi Oh people why don't you care for the truth my heart gets so terribly agitated. The eye is wet there is an aching in my heart. Why is there so much dust upon the hearts? The heart is getting restless each instant. In which wilderness should I let out this steam? 
We became extremely disconcerted with the pain. We became extremely disconcerted with the pain. We died, but you were not aware. There is a commotion in the heavens, O heedless ones. Pray, take a look if you are on the alert. Oh people, why don't you care for the truth? My heart gets so terribly agitated. The faith is overwhelmed by attacks of disbelief. How long would the honor conscious God stay silent? Chupper, 
کب تک خدا بندے غیور بدگمان کیوں ہو خدا کچھ یاد ہے بدگمان کیوں ہو خدا کچھ یاد ہے افترا کی کب تلک فاؤنڈیشن آف فیبریکیشن لاسٹ افترا کی کب تلک بنیاد ہے وہ خدا میرا جو ہے جو ہر شناس وہ خدا دیٹ گاڈ آف مائنڈ ہو نوز دا ٹرو ورتھ جو ہر شناس خدا میرا جو ہے جو ہر شناس ایک جہاں کو لا رہا ہے میرے پاس ایک جہاں ہی از برنگنگ اے ملٹیٹیوڈ ان ٹو می میرے پاس ایک جہاں کو لا رہا ہے میرے پاس کیوں نہیں لوگو تمہیں حق کا خیال دل میں آتا ہے میرے سو سو بار مائی ہارٹ گیٹس سو ٹیربلی ایجیٹیٹڈ میرے سو سو بار beautiful poem of the promised messiah salman we are uh, coming towards uh, the end of the program just a few seconds left so one thing we asked our uh, listeners was what is your favorite poem and we had a few answers hamdusana usiko khuda ke paak logon ko and someone said honestly um the writings of the promised messiah all of them and that is true and that is beautiful and that takes us news